this to record for Christ's sake. It's just an introduction. Hi guys, welcome to All My Boys Podcast. I'm your host Chico, and Phil at home. No, please come along with me as we have a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Welcome back, guys. I I know we might have gotten used to two episodes per week, like in the first month. And I'm truly, I'm also missing those days, man. Like, I miss that energy. But in the words of the great Taylor Swift, guys, this is me trying. This is me trying. Anyways, guys, these were my shinier wheels now. My shiny wheels are rusting. But, 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 we're back. We're back. And that is what counts, right? Uh, I hope you've had a brilliant week. You're having a good day. You've had a good night. Yeah. So, hey, uh, hey. And I hope, thank you so much uh, for the feedback from the previous episode, which was on climate change. So thank you guys for interacting with that particular episode. I am grateful. And I hope that we will be doing whatever it is we talked about, that in our small ways, we will try to heal the earth and try to, you know, make planet Earth a better place for us to live in. So today I'm... Um, I'm going to talk about something that is also like very close to my heart. Very, very much. So very close, close, close. Um, And also something, I don't know if call it sensitive because honestly, this is something that we should totally be talked about. Something that is not a secret. Something that is not dirty. Something that is not, you know, all those things that maybe we've been made to believe previously. So I want to start off this episode, this particular episode. I want to introduce a topic then. I want to particularly talk about um, the previously proposed bill um, here in Kenya. It was referred to as the Reproductive Healthcare Act 2019 that was proposed and brought to the floor of the Senate by Seneca, Sene, Seneca, oh my God, guys, Senator Susan Kihika. I think she's a senator from Nakuru County. Yes. Um, so we had a lot of the bill itself. Didn't, I don't think it went through. Not, I don't think I know it didn't go through. And it faced a lot of backlash, especially from the political class and a lot of. <coughs> excuse me, guys. <laughs> Sorry again. Um, yeah, it was introduced by Senator Susan Honor, Honorable Susan Kihiga. So, um, I will. I remember of during the pandemic. I mean, I remember we had so much free time. Yeah, during the lockdown and everything. And I remember I uh, on my small like platform on WhatsApp, I remember doing this um multiple like videos. Actually went through the whole bill with my like specific audience during that time. Because I really wanted people to understand like, you know, um why the bill was good for us, uh, and why it was good for women and generally for everyone. So um, I will discuss the bill a bit, give a bit of my own opinion and, you know, draw attention to it. I don't know what stage it is and I don't know if it's something that can be revived, um, but I feel like it's a good conversation that we can have here. And then, apart from, like, the reproductive health care bill, I want to talk about a few, like, um, books that that I have read before that I feel also my very well into like the whole topic today so you see that reproductive healthcare bill that was proposed by susan kika i mean so it had it was divided into around was it seven parts 
So we had the first part, which is basically like the definition of the term and that bill. And then we had like the first, the part two, which was access to family planning services, where this provision of, you know, um, all these um, provisions for people to acquire this information or that is necessary while maybe trying to plan for family and, you know, basically giving information on how to plan on how to have your children, the timings and all that stuff. And that is one thing I also want to touch on because I feel like this family planning services and um, specifically use of contraceptives, you know, I feel like these are topics we've shied away from, especially because... I don't know if it because it relates mostly these are women related topics, which I don't think should be. You know, it's a, it's so sad. I was thinking during that time. I mean, definitely not like during that time. That is twenty twenty. I remember like having this conversation with a few of my friends and asking them, "So, what you guys like? We what type? What knowledge do you have of like the use of any contraceptives or any contraception methods?" And I remember us being so blank because it's not something that. I don't know if it's something we should go sourcing for or is it something that should be made known to us. And, you know, guys, I don't think I'm very that very young. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, that is very, very sad, very, very much so sad. And now the situation is different because, you know, you do, when you do meet, like, women or people that are not women, like people who are ready to have these conversations or maybe you take the step to, uh, you know, um, inform yourself or become an informed person on the different like the, the different methods of contraception and that could be a topic for another day where we could talk about like the advantages or disadvantages of how what people have used over time you know and like we can see how maybe um the different contraception methods um apply to all like i don't know genders across like i mean across the spectrum and stuff so we have like that was the second part of that bill and you know and the whole right to reproductive health information which is very important because i feel this is like something that should be inherent for everyone to know reproductive health information because again guys remember when even though we're making it into a bill you know we're making it into such big words remember at the end of the day it is like talking about your body it's talking about like your reproductive system your vagina your penis all that uh, and then we had the other one. I think this was also like another um, cause for debate here in Kenya, which was assisted reproduction, basically surrogacy. So it had like it's the whole bill. I will attach it. I will attach the link to that bill. You can read it from the internet, download it, read it. I will attach it here, and you can read for yourself. I believe it was an exhaustive, exhaustively not exhaustive, but okay, it was a well-researched bill. Honestly, I felt this part, especially the assisted reproduction, was. I mean, it's something new and I felt like, it, you know, it goes a long way, um, you know, in outlining these laws that I don't think have previously existed, especially for assisted reproduction, you know, things to do with surrogacy and, you know, how to go about it. And I know, I mean, I think the, the most of the issues maybe being brought about by it was surgery, it's unethical, you know. I see CG people, I think the excuses I remember reading online or ECG, oh, we're making babies into a kid, so people will not start just carrying babies. I'm like, oh my God, you know, someone was trying to like bring a regulation for that, you know, a rule that regulates, you know, that particular area of health. And I really do think it belongs under like the Reproductive Health Care Act. And I believe it's something that 
should seriously be um, discussed. And again, guys, as you will read for yourself, and I hope you will read in this bill and see what it says about it. The other one was safe motherhood. That's I think it was part four of the bill, and it just basically outlines you know provisions for you know safe pregnancy term, you know the whole prenatal push natural like care for the you know for the for the for the for the for the mother of the child and stuff and then now comes here the other issue that also almost shook up the country which was termination of pregnancy which was done at five and honestly when i read the bill um disclaimer guys not even a disclaimer me i'm pro like choice i believe we should we as women should be allowed to do whatever we may with our bodies and I believe um um so one hundred percent pro choice. Um and I know some people will come you know, the funny debates that comes when you tell people you're pro choice and everything and especially on issues regarding abortion. One of the things you get is a so for TP or you know, I don't wanna sound I don't want to be insensitive guys, but one of the like excuses, not excuses, one of the responses you get from people is also oh, what if you had been aborted? It wouldn't be here. So I'm like, exactly the point. Someone made a conscious decision that they wanted me here and they did, like, give birth to me and hence I am here. Like, if they do want me, I mean, I couldn't be here. Get me? Like, yeah, I don't know. They don't relate. I feel like that's one of the one of the reasons that don't hold water at all. So, well, basically, this one I decided to go on to discuss that part of the bill. This one, the provisions for termination was... For one, when there's need for emergency treatment. Two, when the pregnancy endangers the life of the mother. And three, there was also that one, there is a risk of some the fetus developing a physical or a mental abnormality that makes the fetus incompatible like that and then it makes it incompatible with life outside the womb those were the provisions for their abortion and then the bill itself continued to talk about like health practice practitioners who are not willing to do this they can refer these patients or this like people who are willing to procure abortion to people to other medical practitioners that are willing to do this and you know that's that was just it that was just what it said like those three provisions need for emergency treatment and when the environment outside is not compatible with like the fetus. Um, and the other one was when the pregnancy and they just the life of a mother. And I'm like sitting all the time, I'm like, so what was that? What is like what is the big why what is it we agreeing, we are disagreeing on Apple? It didn't like it wasn't mathing for me. Like the math wasn't mathing there, like with the whole like debate and everything. And then the other one, the other part of the bill was confidentiality, you know, where, you know, some information, the healthcare provider um, cannot disclose some information regarding the patient to, you know, da, 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 that sort of thing. And there's also, there was part seven, which was reproductive health for adolescents, again, which was like another big thing. I Sex ed, sex education, guys, for adolescents and adolescents, like, in the constitution, are d- defined as people between the age of 10 and 18, and, you know, what Susan did in that bill, Susan K- Honorable Susan Kehika was, you know, um, outlining provisions for, like, you know, age and development appropriate information for this adolescence, you know, things like mentorship, spiritual, moral guidance, you know, it's all outlined in the bill, guys, like, <clears throat> counseling on issues to do with abstinence, 
unsafe abortions, HIV and AIDS, basically sex education, which I mean, and I don't know why people, why we do, why we, sh- we shy away from such conversations because um, these people, like children, adolescents are exposed to so much sexual content and wouldn't we rather we give them like the right tools and the right information rather than them just coveraging the internet for honestly what is just wrong information and very misleading uh, or do we want to continue hiding ourselves in these cocoons of oh, we are a very righteous community sex is like sex is something we talk about under beds hiding no we need to, these are conversations we need to have in the light of the day in the light of the day and loudly because let's normalize sex because what is it honestly about educating children adolescents or people about it i know it's i know we are pretty much a conservative country um i don't know i don't know man oh i know i know we are and i know there's so much that the ministry is also doing or the country is also doing we're going to get there i prom i know you're going to get there so anyway guys as i mentioned before i have attached the link to that bill i don't know what stage of the like parliament or senate it is in but i know all i know is that it didn't go through at that time but i hope there will be like more things and i remember there's also something interesting i saw when i read the constitutional right i can't remember what part it was but it was relating to maternity leave and how like women um um that men don't get maternity leave like the same period as maybe their partners who are with child not with child who have already like bust the child and I was like, uh, no, that doesn't also make sense. It doesn't. I feel like this is something that should accord it like tw- like the same amount of time for both partners. Like, no, why? You know, I felt I feel like those are also some of. I know this country is basically funded or what is it structured around gender stereotypes of like so. If you give a man like one week of paternity leave, so I mean, you're leaving the rest of the responsibility, the raising. To the woman, to the other partner, it doesn't. No, it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me. And when I stand, it also doesn't stand right with me. No, <laughs> this is my attempt at a joke, guys. But this is serious business, so I feel like this. That's also something that should be looked into one hundred percent, and also extend the same risk to these situations. You know, I kind of feel like people, and especially the political class, like always. You know, um, inter. And I, okay, I'll say this without fear, any 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 fear and whatever. But I'll say, you know, when they use the Bible, especially the Bible, when things are working in their favor, you know, they only quote the Bible when they want things to go the way. I remember there's this absurd bill. I think it's been signed into a law by the president about something about like more than white wife. And I remember I had like I caught a joke by the president because I can't remember it, what it was. But once I remember it, I'll share it in the next maybe episode. Yeah, it was something about um, polygamy and everything. Uh, anyway, and of course, you know, they will quote the parts of the Bible they like uh, that agrees with whatever they're saying. But once we come to reproductive health rights, that's where they draw the line and say no. But then now we're saying no SARS, no. These are things we'll call for. And things will, you know, not have to happen. And that's why we need to have these talks, you guys. Also, the other note, I've noticed this episode as the time is going on so fast. Anyway, so on to the next part where I wanted to mention. 
like this pressure for women. I mean, worse through womanhood is proved through motherhood. I know this is something we've struggled with, especially as Africans, like in different African communities. And now particularly, I just want to go into, I don't, I mean, into the fiction world. Fiction world, which is basically also a representation of what happens in the real world, especially. So this one, I wanted to, this is just also like a play for me to guys to get you hooked on, on some books that are like really good. And I feel like you all should read them. And they touch on like whatever I am talking about today. The whole like you have to prove motherhood for you to be considered like a woman, you know, that's the whole pressure. You know, when you've been done with school and you know Sisa when you're apart from being asked like, Do you have a boyfriend or whatever? Sisa what are you school again? Or when do you when are you bringing like my grandchild words? When are you having a child or whatever? So I'll start with one. One is Baba Segi's Um The Secret Lives of Baba Segi's yeah, so that's the Secret Lives of Baba Sege's Wife by Lola Shoneyeni. I don't know how I'm just pronouncing it correctly because it would be so embarrassing that I'm not pronouncing the name right. But that's also like a scandalous <laughs> book, which is very good, like touches on, you know, the whole pressure of, you know, the book is based in, of course, like traditional Nigeria where this man, Baba Sege, you know, is a polygamous man, and from the book, Kenya, he has four wives. In any way, guys, I don't want to spoil it for you, but you know, this whole pressure of women and getting children gets so much, and where we have so much focus on, you know, once you don't get children, then it's a problem of the woman, and it could never, no, it, it, it's never considered like a problem of the man. And the same theme is also like extended in this other book of, um, what is it called? It's called Stay With Me. Stay With Me is also another book by a Nigerian writer called Ayobami Adebayo. 100% like recommend. It's also like one book that follows through the life of like a young couple who've like married very young called Yejide and Akin. And now we can see also the whole theme of, you know, pressurized. Like, I mean, we can see um, the Nigerian culture. I don't know, like, traditional Nigerian culture or just, I don't know, like, Nigerian culture through the lens of this woman, Yejide. We see her, like, her mother-in-law bringing, you know, into the family a new wife. So that, you know, the whole pressure, because she cannot get a child, she eventually gets a child, but... A sad story, guys. No, they don't know how sad it is, but I would highly like recommend it. Also, it's an unforgettable story, but we will read it and it will stay with you forever. The other story, the other book, I also would like also like to mention that follows through that was also half of a yellow sun, which is like a darling by Chimamanda Adichie. Um, this is a book that is written. Um, I mean, it, it's a story of the Biafran War. Through the lenses, it's written by the way. The different chapters of the books are in third person, um, through the lenses of different like people in the story, different people uh, from different backgrounds, and you know holding different privileges. And we get to see the story of Biafra told through through those lenses, and we also get again that theme I'm talking about, like the whole pressure of like women. You know, the whole like your essence is to be married and have children. We see it also in. One of the characters, Olana, Olana is married to um to this I forget the name, but Olana is one. This Olana, Olana has was it a twin sister called Ida Kainana. 
guys, I think about Kainene a lot. Like, when I go to sleep sometimes, and I, I you know, when I fall asleep, I when I always think about Kainene, and you know, <laughs> I always wanted closure with her. But I remember this that if you read that book, that is this is maybe something you'd like to hear. But I remember someone asking once, and Chimamanda used to host these questions. I think about last year or something, twenty twenty. That is, and. You know, someone asked, so what happened to Kainene? And, you know, she said, I don't know if she's the one who responded, but I remember reading her response, like, you know, that's the story of all the uncertainty, the fate, the, 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 the utter disappointment, the pain that comes when you don't know really what happened. And you see, that's also, I feel, um, I will leave you to this one, but that's also like another consequence of war and you know, also coming back home here with the whole like fight for independence, we all lost. When you, if you take deeper, we've all maybe some of us or like we've all lost someone that we don't know like what happened to them. You know, we don't know how the stories end, and we the families who will never know. You know, there's nothing like rest. There's nothing like closure. Nothing, you know, nothing to cap off that pain of knowing where. Like your loved one went, or what happened to them, you know, there's no nothing like it's nothingness when you think about them. All you think about is the last moments you saw them, but then you can't even know if those were their last moments. Are they still living somewhere? Did something happen? Did they lose a lot of did they do what happened? You know, a lot of uncertainty that comes with them. Um, it's also like a very beautiful book that I would 100% recommend, guys. The other one is also Efuru. Efuru is written by, um, written by, you know, one of, not one of, but the first African woman to be pub- to be published internationally, Flora Nwapa. Um, I cried with Efuru all through the book. It's hilarious, honestly. No, it's not hilarious. Like, some parts of the books are funny. <laughs> they are. This is a print that I don't think you can get easily. But I'll tell you guys where you can find it. So, I'll tell you where I found it myself. I found it at the Kenyatta University Library. So, maybe you could try it out at, like, um, in the African Literature like, section. So you could try it at your local, or maybe at the university, or I don't know, like at a li- local li- no, at a library near you. Or I don't know, you could, you never know, you check on Amazon, I don't know, maybe someone could be selling their copy, or there's someone who has copy, or we could ask on social media, who knows. So Ifuru was, Ifuru is, Ifuru is Ifuru, and Ifuru is like a, Ifuru, if, the book is named after the character Ifuru, and it's a beautiful read. You will, you know, you will gnash your teeth as you read. You you will laugh with her. You will wake up with her. You will, you know, you will, you know, you will hold her in your arms. You know, as a sister, you will climb mountains with her. You will, you will cry with her. You will be so astonished by her. You will be, a, you will be, you know, dismayed by her, but. At the end of the day, you will, you know, travel with her in her journey and you see the pain or the so much pressure that is put on the women, especially in these different books that I've mentioned uh, that are based in Nigeria and like the Nigerian culture. I mean, I know these are older books like this. Ifuru was written in, was published around 1967. Then you have the newer prints like Half of a Yellow Sun is a recent, 
called Elf is something like new it's a new book compared to like Elf but I know I mean there's so much um there's like a lot of parallel like um storyline that flows but it's also like a, a different like I mean aspects of things in and there about so yeah I would highly highly recommend this books I don't know. I know. I feel so ashamed because I don't know. I mean, I don't know about any books that addresses maybe the whole womanhood and motherhood here in Kenya, like written through the lens of maybe you know, different Kenyan communities. I would really appreciate any. Um, and I feel so bad, guys. I'll also check it. Like I'll look after this. I'll look for those books and then I'll post them down here. And it doesn't mean we have we don't have amazing Kenyan writers. We do have amazing Kenyan writers and. Because of that, next time, next episode, we are going to discuss Kenyan writers. I mean, apart from that, and also like a new topic or something. So thank you guys. Um, thank you for coming along, and have a blessed week, day, night ahead of you. Thank you. Bye.